Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbeck. And I'm a blister on your son. Uh, and this week we're talking about The Old Guard on Netflix. No how do you do? No. No anything? Just straight into it? To business. Wow, yeah. right to business. Yeah. Not even a mention on my opening line, which I thought was brilliant. Uh, I mean, it was a reference to the least well-known Violent Femme song. <laughs> Uh, I think that one's got 18 million uh, listens, and the next has 150 million. Or 150, yes, uh, that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Those are both the Spotify and YouTube numbers. Yep, combined. Uh, so we were talking about yet another uh, movie on Netflix. Wow, it's weird. It's almost like the only things that we can watch right now are properties that are streaming. Yes. Well, I, I'm i sure you saw, maybe you didn't, but Mulan is coming to Disney+. Plus. But Is you have really? to pay $30 to rent Mulan on Disney+. Plus. So, yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. But it makes me wonder, like, will they do that with New Mutants? Will they do that with Black Widow? Well, you saw that they're doing, like, a 17-day uh, in-theaters release for a lot of stuff. That way they can Meet their contract. contractual obligations, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. I hope AMC and all these other movie theaters are getting some fucking money out of this. I don't want them to shut down. I know. Yeah, that's one of those movie theaters that misses them now more than ever. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to get away from your children and wife? No, because I got robbed of seeing the bloodshot in theaters. I had to see it at home. <laughs> I just like a nice, cold, dark room to masturbate in. I mean, you can do that in a lot of places. Not uh, with buttered popcorn, though. Sure you can. Uh, I mean, I, did I have to go to the movie theater to get the popcorn I like and then go home? No. That's a big to-do. I'm ready yeah. to go. Yeah, walk into the movie theater, just order popcorn, and leave. That seems like psycho behavior. Uh, no, it's a baller move. It is a baller move. I've yeah. always actually wanted to do it. Too. Have you yeah. ever done that? Uh, I do it every day, but they aren't open, which makes it a lot <laughs> more complicated. I make that popcorn myself. I really would. I think I would do that. I'm yeah, not gonna lie. or you can just wait till after the theater's closed and they get the big trash bags of it in the trash can and put it, put it get like little raccoon ears and dig through the trash and just <laughs> hollow through treasure. Uh, or just find that one sixteen-year-old uh, that just does not give a fuck. You worked at Blockbuster once upon a time. I did. Yeah, you, you would not care if somebody just came in and stole some shit. No, wait, don't. No, I mean, I now obviously like I wouldn't care. Uh, but like then, like you have like an un, especially like when you're sixteen, like an an un, uh, not un, but misguided sense of like loyalty to the place you work at. Uh, we are two different people because yeah. I did not feel that way about yeah. Blockbuster when I worked there. Well, uh, this is the proletariat podcast uh, <laughs> with Matt and Alex. Anyways, we're talking about the old guard, uh, based off the image comic. Uh, by Greg Rucka and Leonardo uh, Fernando. Actually, we're talking about the Old Guard film, not yes. the Old Guard comic. I said based on, I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't trust you or what your words. Yeah. Uh, have you read the comic? I have not. I made a conscious decision that I was going to try to read it, and then that didn't happen. Even though there's only two trades, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there's one right now. The second one comes out. Uh, in September, I believe. Uh, each trade is only five issues. So the first one's the first five issues, which this movie covers 
a lot of. I mean, it covers basically the first storyline. It hits all the key points yeah. from the first trade. Uh, and interestingly enough, Greg Rucka, who wrote the book, also wrote the screenplay for The Old Guard. Yeah, I, I saw that at the end of the film, and I said, good for him. Get that cheddar. Yeah, yeah. Get, get that, that cheddar. And he got that cheddar. He did. He sure did. Uh, I mean, that makes it pretty true to the comic, I'm assuming. Yeah, for the most part, there were some changes. Uh, someone was a fan of one particular change I was not a fan of. And spoilers for the old guard. Nailed uh, it before we even said anything other than that he wrote the screenplay. Yeah. Which is a big yeah. spoiler. Yeah, in a way. massive screenplay. Like, like after that, like that's why they put it at the very end. Yeah. Uh, uh, so what were your thoughts going into this movie? Uh, I had very high hopes because I had heard nothing but good stuff. It's been in the Netflix's top ten since it came out. Uh, Charlize Theron, big actress. Uh, she would tell Edgy for her. I was like, all right, here we fucking go. I'm down for this. I was looking forward to it. I, I really enjoyed the book uh, a lot more than I thought I would. I like Greg Rucka as a writer, and I still enjoyed it more uh, than I expected. Uh, and this this wasn't my theory. I cannot remember who came up with this. I, I wish I could credit them. But... Someone said that they feel like Charlie Theron has kind of gone like the root of the rock with her career at this point, uh, to where she's just like appearing in like action movies and things like that. Uh, it's kind of weird. You do yeah. see that a lot. And she was really insulted when she didn't get to reprise her role in Mad Max, which isn't yeah. something I would have ever thought. But I would she give myself so that. she joined the Fast and Furious franchise, uh, uh, Academy Award winning actress. I know for Monster. Yeah, yeah. So like I, she's kind of become now like. Like I think it could be like this person who now plays. Although well, I feel like the her role. She played was she the the little girl in Monsters Inc. No, she was not Boo. She was Mike <laughs> Wajowski. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but well, yeah, that, that I, was John Goodman. Uh, no, he played Scully. Uh, or oh. Sully, sorry. Uh, uh, I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that Mulder was in this film too. Uh, so I a wish. Whole different kind of. But movie i want to see i think it's a fairly good theory because i feel like her character's a lot more complicated because i feel like the rock characters are very much like i'm a hero with very little complications and very little conflict i'm here to save the day but charlie's their own and her roles are more interesting like atomic blonde is an action movie based off a comic book but i feel like they're a little more meatier than the rock's roles m-e-t-e-o-r or m-e-a-t-i-e-r that one uh which one the second one uh, I don't remember my order. Like what you, you put on me? a McRib. Uh, okay. So wh- not meat. <laughs> uh, how dare you? Uh, it's meat byproduct, which is close <laughs> enough. Uh, but, and I feel like that's continued with this. Uh, I felt like uh, she played the lead character, Andy. Uh, and Andy was complicated. I mean, not like complicated like to where... It's like watching Legion or anything. Yeah. Or I don't Don think she needed to dress like Woody from Toy Story, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that film changed her life. She's 6,000 years old. And that was the moment she, when she finally came alive. When she saw Toy Story 2. <laughs> yeah. That was the first moment that she felt alive since she had... Oh, I guess they don't die in order to... I guess they do die. What do you think happens in Toy Story? <laughs> it is a violent film. Um... Uh, uh, brief premise of the film. So, or brief overview. The old guard is this group of four people originally. Uh, my math is right. Four. Five. Is it five? One, There's two, four. Three. Four originally. Uh, I guess. Uh, basically, they're immortals. Uh, they can't die. Um, Until they do. 
Yes, they can get shot in the head. Uh, they can throw themselves into a wood chipper at like all of Fargo, and they will eventually resurrect and come back to life. They didn't throw themselves in a wood chipper. No, but I was just giving an example. Okay, yeah, I guess that's true. Don't don't dive head first. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so essentially that's the gist of it. And they are all they all backgrounds as warriors and soldiers, essentially, and various wars uh, from the Crusades uh, to to even older uh, as well. But they don't know why they're able to live forever. I do. Why is that? God. Okay. Uh, well, it's a weird, weird answer, but uh, we'll save that for our, the- our theologian podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tune in every yeah. uh, Monday when yeah. we release when we release our theologian podcast. Yeah. Uh, henchman of gods. <laughs> henchman of God. <laughs> it, well, that's why the S is in parentheses because it's a big contention point between us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We haven't decided on an official <laughs> yeah. name yet. There's a big debate between us about it. Okay. Uh, so, what were your overall thoughts as the movie opened up? Uh, I didn't care for it. I had really big high hopes, and Alex just shot me a fucking look, man. Uh, the first quarter of the movie, I... was just really uh, not super excited about. Uh, it seemed kind of boilerplate to me. Uh, I like the premise, but it didn't really do anything for me. Yeah, I thought there were some parts I really liked, but I thought the movie was okay. Sure. It wasn't bad by any means, and I thought it was a good Netflix movie in the sense to where it's a good time killer, although I wish it was a little bit shorter because it's o- over two hours. I thought I it was thought, better than Bloodshot, that first. That's four, true. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like at like an hour and 40 minutes, it could have been a stronger film if they cut up down. Actually, you know what? The first 30 minutes, I'm going to go on record and say the first 30 minutes of Bloodshot are better than the first 30 minutes of Old Guard. I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, although Old Guard is much better written than the first 30 minutes. Bloodshot has a lot of confusing oh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't make much sense, especially towards the end. I was uh, looking for plot holes constantly, yeah. and I was unable to find them. Anytime I thought I found one, they would tie it up yeah, really yeah. nice, and I would be like, okay, but I'm watching you, old guard. Uh, essentially, though, they get called and mentioned by uh, someone they don't work for before, uh, Chiwote Ejiofor, who's been in a ton of films. Say he his was, name again? I, could, I, I think I blacked out for a second. Can you say his name again? Uh, Chiwote uh, Ejiofor, uh, who was Baron Mordo and Doctor Strange. Uh, so it's not his first go around in a comic book film. No. Uh, and Charlie Stern, like, like I mentioned, was already an atomic blonde. Uh, it's weird. It really hasn't been a Marvel movie, I feel like. Or a DC film. Yes, or a Marvel movie. Uh, but I think uh, Atomic Blonde was She would make well. an insane Poison Ivy. She would make an even crazier Wolverine. <laughs> X-23? No, <anybody>? Wolverine. <laughs> I just spoke it into existence. <laughs> she is Logan. Like people were no. mad because Hugh Jackman was tall. Yeah. Hugh Jackman's like 5'11". Yeah, but Wolverine's like 5'5 five five in the comics. Yeah, he's tiny yeah. boy. Yeah, that's why Sabretooth always calls him Runt in the X-Men cartoon. <laughs> uh, that's a little fact for you. That's, that's what you're here for, for those hard-hitting, deep research facts. Uh, but anyways, I thought the I, I thought Charlize Theron was great. The performance, but anyways, back to where they were. Yeah, I thought she yeah. was. I thought she was fantastic. I thought the love story was really well done, and they did it very understated. They didn't say, "Here's this love story." Yeah, yeah. In the of this, they made it really nice. Yeah. Uh, the writing for that scene when they're captured, yeah, and he tells the guard 
off, essentially. Yeah. One of I thought the best it was really well done. I think I've seen. I, I love that dialogue. But well, I forgot we skipped over a bit, and that's we my fault. We skipped over like an hour. And Essentially, half. Well, they go on this mission from Chibol to Edge of Forest, the handler, to go save these kids that are hostage. That's what they do now. Uh, they're basically like mercenaries for hire. Turns out, uh, double crossed. Yeah, it was a trap. They all get shot and die, and then they. And up to this point, we didn't know they're immortal unless you are familiar with the work beforehand, and they all come back to life and kill people who killed them. That's um, what I take umbrage with. The people that sent those uh, like guards in there to kill them, they knew that those people were going to get the fuck blown out of them. Yeah, they didn't care. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. really that's really sinister of Chiwetel Ejiofor because like he kind of that's gets, true. Like, yeah, the, yeah, on, that's fair. But he yeah. sent so much yeah, people from to get slaughtered. The central villain Merrick, like it yeah. makes sense, but yeah, from him, yeah, uh, it's like yeah, he, he agreed to killing getting those people killed, but. Why it matters they is because lives and they were secretly recorded. So, like, now it's on videotape that the people can die and come back to life. Yeah. The secret that they've worked, uh, for some of them, thousands of years to keep. I think yeah. the youngest one of them, they said, I can't remember, uh, it's not Booker, but uh, came Booger? back in 1840. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, yes, one. I forgot that they brought back Booger from Revenge of the Nerds. No, Booger McFarlane from Monday Night Football. Uh, oh, yeah. shit. I'm down with that too. I would love if it was bigger for Bridge of the Nerds, though. <laughs> He's easily in my top five nerds in that film. Uh, do you want to talk about problematic films? Because that film <laughs> is riddled with yeah. awfulness. Oh, I know. Incredibly problematic. Yeah, he yeah. full on rapes a girl it, in that movie. Oh, I and, know. And we still yeah. rooted for him. It's. A, I don't want to get like much of a tangent too, but shame on them. Uh, like even like watching like eighties comedies, like they're problematic. But also, what's weird is like the timing of those comedies. Like where there will be like a full like twenty minutes without like any jokes or anything in some of those movies. But that's yeah. aside the from like that's for our other podcast. Uh, we uh, we love the eighties dot com slash dot com doesn't exist yet because it's the eighties podcast. And then there's just a bunch of screeches for the dial up sound. Yeah. No, dial wasn't around either. It's just us touching about our favorite scrunchies from the <laughs> 80s. As we Google image scrunchies and we just scroll through. Yep. Uh, yeah. We both have a football phone in the photo. I oh. wish. <laughs> I uh, wanted a football phone. Me so too. Good. Or a basketball phone. Or taking either one, really. All I had to do was convince my parents to subscribe to Sports Illustrated over the phone. And they would never do it. <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure I didn't have a phone line in my room. It didn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Parents didn't love me, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but that's the gist of it. So they have to go uh, and repeat the footage and get revenge on their handler. But something happens. Another immortal arrives. It's this soldier uh, who dies in the field. And whenever another one of them is created or born, I'm not sure what the proper terminology would be for it. Uh, they all dream about them and they know where they are. And so Andy is off to go find uh, Niall, uh, played by Kiki Lane. Um, I liked her. Yeah, I did. I thought she was kind of annoying for parts of it. I liked her more in the book, but she definitely fleshed out more in this. In fact, all the side characters are fleshed out more, and the villain, Merrick, is fleshed out more uh, in this as well, too, in the movie. Uh, I liked everybody, but I think Booker, which I think is to be expected. Um, I thought, I don't want to jump ahead, but I, I like Booker. I thought his punishment at the end was, was really interesting I uh, and clever, yeah. too. Um, yeah, he got six spankings. But, yeah, it was very... Very interesting. Uh, but uh, Andy goes alone to go retrieve her, tells her. And I like how, to prove her point that she's immortal, Andy just kills her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. What? And then they're on this plane. Alice doesn't believe her. And so Andy fate kills someone as the plane's plumbing to the ground. 
and then I enjoyed. I didn't think the she fight. She fake kills the pilot. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't want to like do a lot of comparison to Extraction, but they're both new Netflix films based on comic books. Uh, I think the Old Guard was the better comic, but I thought the action scenes were better in Extraction overall. The action scenes were much better in Extraction. But I thought this movie had two good action scenes, and I thought the airplane fight was one of them. Uh, I thought that was enjoyable because once Andy, they is even-handed, and I thought probably uh, Niall probably had too much of an upper hand at certain points because Andy is a 3,000-year-old warrior who should be uh, able to handle easily. But there were times where Andy just made it look effortless. When she turns around and, like, breaks her arm and makes her bone pop out, I'm like, okay, like, that is, like, the way it should be. Yeah, I, I really dug the special effects in this film, I will say. Yeah, they weren't overdone. They're... Uh, they were well used, and they, they didn't seem like overly fake as either, because the camera didn't linger on them. So I thought that was smart use to not like have the budget be absurd, uh, but still have a solid film. Uh, who was the bad guy in this film? Merrick. Uh, you mean uh, Dudley Dursley? Yeah, I, I was hoping you didn't know that, because that was going to be the fact I was going to drop. But uh, yeah. he has slimmed up, so good for Dudley. Yeah, he looks great. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, uh, Dudley Dursley. Uh, I didn't. I don't know yeah. why I never connected that that was his full name. Uh, for the end, we're talking about of Harold Potter fame. <laughs> yeah, uh, of Potter. the Harold Potter books. Uh, Dudley Dursley. I realized his initials are DD. So I'm starting to realize this man is Daredevil. I was going to say DD Westbrook. <laughs> now I want to know who DD Westbrook is. I know DD Ramon. DD Westbrook. You don't know who DD Westbrook is? No. The oh well, you're from uh, Oklahoma, and you are a fan of the Oklahoma football squad. Oh yeah, duh, and that's what <laughs> name goes them. I have, I just have too much knowledge at this point, and just origins you of don't know me. Where yeah. it goes, yeah. But I'm glad that I know who Didi Ramone is. Of course, if I didn't know someone with that last name, what they were a part of, that's probably institutionalized at that point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but, uh, so. Niall eventually joins them. They explain Niall wants to visit her family. I thought it was one of the best parts of the film is when they show why she can't go visit her family. It's because what happens is like, uh, the comic, comic did a really good job of this, but the movie did it great as well. Like tell the story of Andy and the other immortal that they knew that they thought was a witch. And they put her in like this like sarcophagus type thing and threw her into the ocean while Andy yeah, had the, to watch. The iron casket of it all? Yes. Yeah. Was, it, was, it was an Iron Maiden. I think it's proper yeah. terminology. Yeah. Holy shit. That thing looked that's when this movie had yeah. me fully bought in. And Andy searched for her for 500 years, but obviously couldn't find her because, I mean, their technology is not there, especially yeah. in whatever century that was. I feel like she, I mean, scuba equipment has been around a long time now. Yeah, but the ocean is vast, uh, especially with something that would move for 500 years. I mean, if you know roughly where you're at, I don't know. But they did a great job like explaining like the pain. Like, everyone you love and know will grow old and die and they will not understand why you are not growing old and die and the pain that causes them. You need to allow them to mourn you and grieve you and move on. Um, and Andy had this great line of shocks about how she doesn't remember the face of her mother or her sister or something like that. Too. Like that, like that little line was like a great way to like show like the tragedy that is being an immortal. Um, and this was one of my key differences in the comics and the, in the movie, Andy gets shot and doesn't heal. Uh, to assume that she's no longer immortal. In the comics, that never happens. Because the comics, the price you pay, is not that you will die one day. It's the price of being immortal. Like the fact that everything you love and know will die. And Andy, in the comics, spends her free time by sleeping with random people, uh, 
going from one person to the next, having no real connections because she can't. She can't allow herself to get close to anyone, and she's forever alone, even though she has her group. Uh, two of them are soulmates, so they found each other, which also uh, contrasts with Andy being forever alone. Why doesn't she just claim the other guy as her soulmate? I don't think like I, I don't think this works like that. You're like, <laughs> hey, you're my soulmate now. I disagree. Yeah, you just pick a person, you yeah. take a shot, yeah. man. Well, that's what love's all about. That's on our other podcast. Uh, pro dating tips from the professionals. Oh, uh, featuring yeah. Doctor Love, and I go by Doctor Love on that yeah. podcast, and I go by uh, Laura Ingram Wilder. <laughs> yep, it gets very sexual, and there is several references to Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, we don't wear pants either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not wearing pants now, but which is weird because hats are required to be worn. <laughs> yep, I am wearing a hat now too. Just not uh, essentially, though, difference as well. The comics, the guys do get captured because they are betrayed by Booker. Uh, but in this, in the comic, Niall and Andy, uh, and I think Booker as well, all eventually go agree to go save them. Um, I I just want to touch again on our hats and pants policy because. I'm sure people were like, hey, you didn't tell us about your God podcast. What's the situation there? No uh, hats because it's a church of God, but you must wear pants. Well, okay. And they for, have to be pleated. First of all, several religions uh, want you to have your head covered, which is, again, another debate, which is why there's that S in uh, parentheticals in yeah, the name of that podcast. You don't believe that that's a thing. Okay, no. You don't believe that's a thing. I believe in all the gods. Zeus, Ares. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> That's my holy trinity. That's fair. Yeah. That's yeah. The god of Olympus, the god of war, and a humble reporter. <laughs> Kurt Clint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, that was a change I wasn't a big fan of. And in the comics, they go and they essentially storm the castle. They go and uh, stop Merrick and the final fights in the comics are much more effortless because they are warriors that are hundreds and thousands of years old. So no one who's been doing this for 20 years should stand a chance. They made it a little more, I want to say like even killed or brutalized uh, in the movie, but that's probably just to raise the stakes and create more tension as well. You just have your heroes just destroy things in five minutes. It's not much of a stakes as well. That's fair. I mean, I, I guess at the end, like you need to have some kind of stakes. And to be fair, Greg Rocco was one of the screenwriters on this, so like he's making changes to his own story. So yeah. I feel like if anyone has the license to do that, it is the writer of the comic. Yeah, um, that's fair. Yeah, Merrick Merrick villain gets fleshed out a lot more uh, than this, um, and he's played by Deli Dursey, as you said. Uh, what do you think it, of Merrick? Uh, I just thought it was weird that he kept quoting his lines from Harry Potter. Yeah. Every well, not time. his lines. He kept <laughs> quoting Dumbledore's lines, which is even odder. Oh, man. I, I thought that was very strange. So what do you think of... I liked him as a, as a villain. Uh, he wasn't that bad, though. No. I uh, a solid job acting. Technically, his methods were for the betterment of mankind. Yeah, they, uh, were, they were trying to create a cure for all diseases. Yeah, and I did love, like, QL to Edge of Four. Like you said, he doesn't get redeemed. But, like, I loved his uh, Charlie Kelly conspiracy board at his house. <laughs> uh, but I, I love, like, the explanation, like, <laughs> that, like, he learned that, like, if Andy, like, saves someone, like, their descendant, like, 
one or uh, two ancestors down the line, like does something incredible that like alters mankind for the better, which I thought was really interesting. It wasn't really explored much beyond that. I mean, his whole motivation was because his wife, Pepe Sylvia died. Yeah. Yeah. Of some preventable disease. Well, I mean, to be fair, Carolyn Jar could have saved him. Mm -hmm. Of course, we will save that for our, it's always funny in Philadelphia quotes podcast. We only quote season five of the Toys Honey in Philadelphia. No it's, other seasons, just that one. It's difficult because and that podcast is called "We Only Quote Season Five of Toys Honey in Philadelphia." <laughs> it's not yeah. a great podcast. Yeah. It's one of our featuring two podcasters. Yeah, <laughs> which weird. That one takes the most time to produce. Yeah, that one yeah. is months long yeah. in production yeah. per episode. Yeah, uh, all in the Henchman of Comics Network. Uh, it was weird because that's the only podcast on the Henchman of Comics Network. <laughs> Yeah, the Hitchman Comics is not on the Hitchman Comics. Uh, so I want to jump to toward the near end. Uh, they all break out. Niall stays with Andy to make sure Andy doesn't die because Andy's still a soldier. And a better soldier than anyone there, even as a non-immortal. A uh, soldier in the traditional sense or in the Destiny's Child song sense? Um, both, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, no. Before we jump to the end, I want to talk about, I thought the worst part of this movie was the soundtrack. Oh, oh my God. Okay. The soundtrack was fucking horrendous. It was just bland, generic pop songs after the entire thing. makes my uh, more soft. I think they played, like, one Frank Ocean song. I'm not really a fan of Frank did. Ocean. I actually uh, like Frank Ocean quite a bit. Uh, and I liked that song, and I was like, all right, here we go. Cool. But that was a song when now I was, like, listening to it through headphones as well, too. Yeah. Uh, but so, like, when all the music they played, none of the music seemed to match the tone of the movie either. It was just so awkward. I don't know. Like, I understand, like... You have a budget. You don't have anything in the music, but man, they could have picked. Were the music choices uh, greater or worse than Electra fighting to uh, wake me up inside by Evanescence? A hundred percent worse. A thousand percent worse. Because at least I don't like know that how song. I just pulled that out of my ass, but I yeah. totally recalled. Well, it's because you had the Spider-Man Two soundtrack on repeat uh, in your first car, and it never took it out. It was that song, the Nickelback song, and the Dashboard Confessional song. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's just. And I don't want to. I don't want to. Actually, I don't want to blame the budget because you can find great songs from like smaller artists for cheap as well too. It was just so boring. It was just so generic and not a single memorable moment from the music in there, which is weird too. Because like, we probably spend more time uh, on the music for movies and shows uh, than we probably should. Uh, but I've, I've never felt it's a key element. Yeah, and we're gonna jump in and what we talk about next week, which we'll talk about later. I'm sure the music will play a big part in that because it played a big part in the first one as oh, well, too. Oh, Umbrella Academy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, my God. It's, yeah. I've already heard that the soundtrack is great still. So. Yeah. Uh, we'll see about that. If my... I hear one MCR song, I'm turning it off. I'm going to Tess Andros' house and being like, cancel this, please. Show me how to cancel my subscription. I need you to show me how to log in. I don't know why, but I thought instead of MCR, you were talking about MC5, and I was just thinking, how dare you? Kick out why? The why? Why would I have any issues with MC5? Okay. I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm, I'm happy that that's where <laughs> yeah. my heart goes. I mean, besides my fear of the number five, but we're going <laughs> to talk about that. We're going to talk about that on our Rational Fears podcast. <laughs> it's called Living in the Moonlight featuring Matt and some other guy. Yeah, Warren Zevon's on that yeah. podcast. Anyway. Uh, we got that, that pull. Okay. So back to what I was talking about before we talk about the music. What do you think about Merrick's death in the film? Unnecessary. Um, so what was really cool is Andy throws her badass sword axe into I love it. And that's from the comic as well. Like the sword axe awesome. thing is amazing. Awesome. I love that design. And I'm glad they kept that in the movie as yeah. well. 
hope Greg Rucka was like, this is and the only And I will say this as well, too. One thing I did like about it, especially in that first fight, which I was a huge fan of, it showed them mixing sword play with guns as well, too. Because, like, yeah. these are warriors who were originated when guns weren't a thing. So, like, they'd be uh, have some technique and mastery in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, I really, I really liked his death scene. Uh, other than the fact, well, I said it was unnecessary. Uh, I liked it, but it wasn't necessary. You don't need to jump out of a building. The guy's pretty much dead already. Yeah, but just to grab him and just run out the window and just plummet to his death. Uh, and Niall did that. We should Niall say it was Niall who grabbed sure that. Andy was not going to get shot. Yeah. She was playing it safe, but in order to do so, she took a jump off a 40-story building. Yeah, and they in the comics, they jumped out of the building. They all did, but that was just to escape, which I thought was kind of cool as well, too. Like, they knew that the building, I think, I can't remember exactly, the building was going to blow or the authorities were going to come. It was like, we'll just jump out the building because we'll all live at the, when we land on the ground. So I thought that was cool. I did have a problem with the fact that they got out of there. Like, they sped the fuck out of there and then... A half second later, all the police show up and board up the entire area. Nobody in or out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, that's called... That yeah, of course. Yeah, it was like... Well, it's because it's a sequel to Ocean's 13. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. It is... Uh, now... Ocean is not here. I know you said uh, you were disappointed by this movie, but would you like a sequel to happen? Oh my god. The cliffhanger for this? Yes, I want a sequel. Uh, before we get into sequels, well, too... Uh, Bucker who betrayed them, Andy. Bugger, what, yes. Uh, Andy says he does help them in the end. Uh, Killer guards and Storm Eric. The reason he betrayed them is what we should say is because he knows that some of them wanted the way to die, so he, he's hoping to learn that. But anyway, he gets banished for a hundred years from hanging out with them, which is actually I thought a clever punishment. I like that. Yeah, I, uh, I love that. Okay, that was smart. So because of the cliffhanger, you want a sequel on there? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I didn't like. I didn't. I didn't hate the movie. I didn't dislike the movie. I thought it was a good film. Uh, there's just a lot of things that I would change. I would also like a sequel. I hope that they, if they do make a sequel, they spend more time on Andy and all the Immortals' backstories, like different centuries and periods and decades that they lived in. I think issue six of the comic, this uh, movie covered issues one through five, features primarily about Andy's like backstory. Uh, make well. it fifty-fifty. Give me. Old stuff and give me new stuff. I think this would have worked great as like a television series over a movie. Like a six episode television series. Oh my god, uh, you've got a whole episode dedicated? Yeah, yeah. Yes, it'd been so much better that yeah, way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think part of it is like you have Charlize Theron. Uh, you can't. It's harder to nail her down for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And because they decided to make her not immortal for this, it gives them an out if they make a sequel and she doesn't want to come back as well too. Or if the movie was a complete fucking flop. Yeah, that's true. But we know it isn't because it is... Um. The sixth most watched Netflix original of all time. Yeah. For movies, that is. Yeah. With Extraction yeah. being number one and Extraction got a sequel. Yeah. Uh, so what would you rate this on a scale of one to ten? I'm going to s- pull that even seven, baby. I'm actually a little below you. I think I'm at a six. Uh, part of it's because I like the comic more. Uh, and I wasn't a fan of all the changes. Do you think it spoiled you? Yes, 100%. I probably would have enjoyed it more if I hadn't read the comic beforehand, but I'm glad I read the comic, and I'm glad I watched the movie. And, like, this movie that I recommend anyone put on uh, if you like action movies. Like, there are far worse options out there. See, I'm not a big action movie fan, and this definitely didn't have, like, the big action sequences or anything that you might expect to have from a typical action film. It's very sci-fi comic booky. So, I dug it. I thought it was fine. There's a lot of things that I take umbrage with, but a lot of it I enjoy. Well, 
next week we're going to go to somewhere new. We're going to go back to Netflix once again. Um, yeah, haven't been there a long time, so we thought we'd uh, dip into the Netflix well. Because we are talking about season two of the most saddest emo show of all time, The Umbrella Academy. You gave the first season quite a high ranking, if I remember. I'm pretty sure I gave it a zero out of ten. I don't remember what I gave it, but I'm, no matter how much I enjoy the show, I cannot give it a, a high ranking. That is because Alex uh, has a personal vendetta against his uh, arch enemy, uh, Jared Way. Yes, exactly. I'm glad you remembered. Uh, it's, it's very much a one-way vendetta. I haven't let go since high school, uh, and it doesn't make any logical sense. But if you don't have hate in your heart, then what do you have in this world? I mean, he got fat. What more do you want, dude? Uh, I'm pretty sure the Beatles taught me all you need is hate. <laughs> and there's that trumpet part, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, speaking of the Beatles, if you haven't, this is an aside. Not approve anything. You to the Beatles, yeah. you really should. You, sh- you should check them out. Uh, you should watch the movie The Commitment, which is a fantastic movie. Uh, not comic book related. Just want to talk about that. What is the Commitment? Uh, the Commitments is a film that came out on say in the early 2000s, late 90s, uh, about this Irish group or these uh, these Irish folk forming a soul band. Okay. Or if yeah. you want to watch a movie uh, with the Beatles music, watch Yesterday from two years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was really enjoyable. Or watch A Hard Day's Night starring the Beatles. Uh, a Hard Day's Night is fantastic, yeah. yeah. Please do watch that. Or if you watch, you can watch Across the Universe and be disappointed. Uh, because it's not as good as the actual Beatles music. Or just watch Gimme Shelter um, about the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Or just watch the Beastie Boys documentary on Apple TV. No, don't do that. Yeah. Or just watch a band called Death about a band called Death. Uh, you can watch that as well. There's, I'm sure there's a documentary about the Eagles if you really want to hate uh, yourself and make your mom love you more. I don't get like Because I don't think we, we... I don't think. I know we weren't around for like the era of like the Eagles Prime. I don't get like why they're hated so much by a certain group of people. I know they're not cool. Billy Joel's not cool. and I love Billy Joel. I mean, they're the most... They're like pop music from back in the day, but like the pop version of rock. Like It was just... The Beatles were a pop band. Help was a pop song. I Love Me Do was a pop song. Uh, those were rock and roll at the time. Uh, actually. Pop. They didn't discover rock and roll until they did a lot of drugs. And by drug, I mean caffeine. Uh, tell that to Twist and Shout, you stupid bitch. Oh, something. Oh, wow. So they stole music from an impressed group of people to try and profit <laughs> off of it. Wow. Yeah. Classic, classic Liverpudlian. Yep. Anyways, for Henchman and Comics, I'm Lost back. You can always email us to Henchman and Comics at gmail.com. Uh, for some reason, I have the word fart with a question mark written down on a piece of paper. Uh, and we've got an Instagram and an Instagram live. Have we gone live on Instagram? I mean, we're all we're always live. We've been on there before. Yeah. Uh, there's a Twitter. Uh, like, subscribe, download. Uh, tell your mom's cousin to listen. Say hi to your mother for me. For the Hitchman of Comics, I'm Alex Hitchback. And, and I'm skanking on. Hitchman and Easy.